Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. Here's your host, Kyle Charter. I'd like it to launch into this season. Purdue made winning plays in the fourth quarter to score a road upset at Minnesota. And we'll now look for a second straight road W at Maryland. Let's break it all down on Gold and Black Radio. I'm Kyle Charters, Tom Dean Hart here as well after his visit to the Twin Cities where Purdue got a 20-10 to 10 victory against the Golden Gophers. Basically the Boilermakers uh, winning by the margin that Vegas thought Purdue would lose by. Man, the Boilermakers uh, did not play what I don't think anybody would describe as a Mona Lisa of a game, Tom, but they did make the winning plays in the fourth quarter, which the Boilermakers could not do in losses to Penn State and Syracuse. It was a nice change from what we had seen out of Purdue in those losses. Yeah, no doubt about it. What, 12-and-a-half-point underdog, I think, maybe by the time the game kicked off. Uh, another nice feather in Jeff Brom's cap, Kyle, as far as knocking off a ranked team, and this time on the road uh, and uh, more than anything, though, a confidence builder for this Purdue program, I think we can all agree September was largely an unsatisfying month to be 2-2. Two two. You talked about the two um, two near misses that month against Penn State and Syracuse. I think Purdue let those teams off the hook. Most would agree with that as well. So, yeah, just a nice way for Purdue to open up what I think is a very critical month of October. Maryland looms a trip out uh, to College Park. And, Kyle, I tell you, one of the most things that really stood out for me from Saturday was Purdue was the more physical team. And I guess I had my doubts of taking out physical Minnesota, but I think they won the battle in the trenches on both sides of the line. Yeah, I agree with you, especially, well, really on both sides, like you said. You know, late in the game, uh, Purdue's defensive line just was fresher and more physical and really shut down any chance Minnesota had offensively. And then, obviously, the offensive line and Devin Mockaby did a, did a great job there late. Boy, you know, I, I know that we're all a little too reactionary after wins or after losses. Uh, last week felt a little depressing, even, even after a victory uh, headed to, to Minnesota, it felt like. But it does change. The victory changes the whole outlook, A, on the last couple of weeks, because now you feel more like, uh, Purdue has sort of found ways to win in adverse circumstances without having its starting quarterback for one game, with having a O'Connell back for a second game, though not at 100%, and missing, you know, uh, upwards of a, a half dozen other starters or at least critical players in those two games. And so Purdue has has found a way to win some football games. And now also just the month of October after a victory looks differently as well, doesn't it? I mean, Purdue will be an underdog at Maryland, um, then Nebraska, and then a very changed, and, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the podcast, a very changed Wisconsin Badger team here all of a sudden. But the outlook feels different uh, today than what it did just a few days ago. Oh, no doubt. Um you're right, coming off that FAU win, I don't think anybody was feeling chesty or really super positive about the direction of uh, the month of October. Um, but, again, uh, that one win up in the Twin Cities has really changed the narrative. Uh, <laughs> we, we, swing, we have these mood swings from week to week. Kyle's maddening sometimes. <laughs> Overreaction, underreaction, you name it, yeah. we're all good at it. 
But, uh, you know, for Purdue, Kyle, I wrote this last night on something on the board. This is, this is where I thought they'd be after five games. I thought they'd be three and two. I thought they'd lose to Penn State. I thought they'd lose at Minnesota. Uh, and I thought they'd win at Syracuse. So, so they're, still, they're still on my course for what I think I had as a nine and three season. And uh, they, they got there a little more unconventionally, at least, at least that I thought they were going to get there, but they're there nonetheless. And, and this month, like I said, takes on a little different look um, with the way the wheels have fallen off in Nebraska, with the tumble at Wisconsin now. But, of course, first up is a Maryland team, Kyle, that frankly looks like it's better than anybody thought. They're 4-1. They really haven't beaten anybody. They did hammer a, a Michigan State team. It looks like it's already circling the drain. They gave Michigan all it wanted in and out of the week before. They have a very good quarterback. So uh, four-and-a-half-point underdogs when I went to bed last night. Line probably will stay in that range, I think. So uh, who would have thought, Kyle, maybe the toughest game in October is going to turn out to be this trip to Maryland. Yeah, the Terps might be uh, the best team of these four that Purdue <laughs> plays this month. Um, I, I'm, I'm not ready to, to, to say Minnesota is going to suddenly head the, the other direction. I think the Gophers – uh, will have a good season. And I think the Gophers will still be there in the Big Ten West, even though uh, Minnesota didn't look that good and Purdue made them not look all that good on Saturday. But, man, yeah, the Terps suddenly uh, look like they might be the, the best team here of this uh, of this foursome that Purdue has this month. Uh, you know, Aiden O'Connell was back on Saturday. I think we both agreed. In fact, you, you, we were texting each other um, early on in the game, in fact, and uh, wondering each of us, I think, whether Aiden looked right, and that was before he threw the the two interceptions. It did seem like the velo was down a little bit. Um, you know, it, it seemed like he hadn't practiced. I think you could tell that. I think you could probably tell it being in the stadium more than I could tell it on TV. But there were some people saying that he was he was missing some reads that he usually does make. You know, so maybe Aiden mm-hmm. O'Connell was at 70, 75% with very limited practice time before the game. Um, but we have seen during Aiden O'Connell's career that he has a, a knack for finding a way. Um, you know, he, he almost found a way, and it was unfortunate uh, what happened at the end of the Syracuse game because that could have been a, a nice moment there for, for Aiden O'Connell coming back after the bad pick six. And if now that we know he was he was injured for most of that game. But O'Connell finds a way, it seems like, and he found a way on Saturday. And now the hope, I think, for him and for Purdue is that he will gradually start to feel a little bit better because certainly he did mm-hmm. not play his A-plus game against the Gophers. Yeah, and you're right, and they still won, which was your point, which is great. Uh, we're always defined by how we, uh, how we uh, deal with adversity in life, right? I mean, no matter what you're doing, and well, Aiden O'Connell certainly faced his fair share, and, and that steeled him, and we saw that resolve on full display Saturday in the Twin Cities. Again, there's no way he was 100%. I agree with you. There's not a lot of oomph, a lot of velocity, a lot of power behind his throws. He was missing reads. He was overthrowing guys. That one interception in particular with a poor overthrow. He really didn't drive the ball. I asked Jeff Rahm after the game. He didn't answer my question about what percent he thought Aiden was. I agree with you, Kyle. Let's just say 75%. Um, uh, he certainly wasn't 100%. He wasn't the anal Connor we know, Kyle. There was no, for the second week in a row, think about this, there was no downfield passing game, and Purdue yeah. still won. They were really, the big play was a 28-yarder to Charlie Jones in the fourth quarter, which was a huge play. But think about this. Purdue won that game without throwing a touchdown pass. I think that's the first time that's happened since 2013. So you've got to be resourceful in life. 
And Jeff Bromson, resourceful, too, you talked about it at the top of this podcast, about having a win with Austin Burton the week before. Now you got a less than 100% quarterback returning. you got to make things work with him. So that, that's what coaching is about. That's, what, that's, that's where you really earn your money, is how you deal with those adverse situations, come up with ways to still be successful through coaching and through scheme. And we saw that on full display, I think. So you're right. I hope Aiden O'Connor, for everybody's sake, if you're a Purdue fan, that he's healthier this week. Jeff Brom said afterward, too, Kyle, I asked him when he thought he was, Aiden could go this week. And he said, well, Thursday. And that was really the first day Brom said he, he, he practiced last week. And that's a light day. So this, was, this happened late in the week. He didn't get a lot of practice. And I think that was reflected, too, in his play. Like you said, maybe he'll get more healthy this week and get some more practice. Because they may get themselves in a shootout with the Terps on Saturday. They're going to need AOC to swing it, I think. Yeah, uh, I think you're probably right. If the game feels like a track meet, sometimes when games feel like a track meet beforehand, it turns out to be a a 20 to 17 type of game. But I, I would imagine yeah. two pretty good offenses. We'll see some teams be able to score, and, and Purdue needs Aiden O'Connell to uh, be as healthy as possible for that game. Uh, we have made it 10 minutes into this without talking a whole lot about Purdue's defense. It deserves a lot of credit for what happened uh, on Saturday. I mean, the defensive line was great. Uh, Purdue was much better than it had been the week before in its secondary. I think Reese Taylor coming back uh, helped that a little bit. Corey Trice, as you pointed out in a couple of places, uh, probably had his best game of the season. Now, Purdue, you know, Purdue failed to wrap up. A couple of times, uh, you know, Cam Allen makes two great interceptions, including the one that seals it. He also probably missed a couple of tackles that he would he would like to have back. Um, so it wasn't a, a perfect game uh, for Purdue's defense, but it was a really really good one. Um, and they, you know, they kept Purdue in the in the contest until the offense could get it going, and then helped seal the victory. Yeah, boy, that D, you're right. Uh, really, really won the game. Um, again, preface. Everything is saying Mo Ibrahim didn't play. And obviously Minnesota's been without Chris Altman, Bell's best receiver all year. But still, I don't want to take anything away or diminish what that defense did for Purdue Saturday. Suffocating performance in a, in a pretty good environment for homecoming for the Gophers. Kyle, 47 yards rushing. That's all Minnesota had. And they still have some good backs behind Ibrahim, too. The Potts kid is not bad. And then Tanner Morgan, he's the Purdue killer, right? 4-0 against Purdue entering that game. We've seen him shred the Boilermakers. Kyle, he did bupkis, man. He, he never got on track with that RPO either. So, yeah, just a nice effort. They generated, what, three turnovers, I think, three picks, the two by Allen, and then one by, what, emerging linebacker, Jacob Wahlberg, and had a nice TFL as well. He just continues to make plays, right? So, good game for Ron English's crew. You know, we talked to him last week, Kyle. He said he thought he was probably a little too aggressive in some games earlier this year. I think he was referring to the Syracuse game in particular. He wanted to keep things in front of him. And, uh, again, a nice game plan executed by that defensive staff and, and just a well-executed one by, by the players themselves. Just a, a unit that looks like maybe it's turning the corner. Wahlberg's pretty good, it looks like. I mean, he has at least in two games now, he has a knack of being where the football is and came up with a – a big interception, had another good game out there. Where he was, he was not a guy that we mentioned a lot uh, during the preseason as as being a. I mean, we we talked about Washington and brothers, and obviously Douglas and uh, Fakasieki and 
you know, Jalen Graham obviously playing that, that hybrid position and, and things like that. Um, but Wahlberg has been the guy that in some ways has really saved Purdue here uh, defensively these last couple of weeks. He's been great. Yeah, well, you remember, yeah, you mentioned Jalen Graham. Of course, Purdue's best defensive player missed a fourth game in a row. And we were all wringing our hands thinking, how in the world is Purdue going to win at Minnesota without Jalen Graham? They found a way. You're right, Jacob Wahlberg has helped against FAU. Of course, he forced a fumble late that Sanusi Kane recovered to ice the game. He tipped a pass in that game that Chris Jefferson uh, intercepted. Talked about the pick last week. And you're right, he's a smart player, Kyle, a redshirt junior from Michigan. The coaching staff trusts him. He knows the defense. He calls the defense when he's out there. He he played more snaps, way more snaps than Kieran Douglas did Saturday. Kieran Douglas, I think, only played 10 snaps. I think he's got I hear some aching knees. They're not real good. and So I wouldn't be shocked if we see more and more of Jacob Wahlberg moving forward here, try to kind of limit what Douglas can do or keep his knees fresh. So that's something to keep your eye on. And also a quick shout-out to Bryce Hampton, number zero. And here's the guy that gave up the TD pass against Syracuse late. First of all, shouldn't have probably been a man coverage. But I don't want to dissect that game again. But, again, uh, had to be hard for him, right? And then comes back against FAU, Kyle. He doesn't play a snap, and he's healthy, a defensive snap. So they need they need Bryce Hampton, Kyle. That's a secondary that just has no depth. Too many guys are playing too many reps. They, they, they had to play him, and you know what? He played really well. I think he was number two on the team in tackles. Had a big, nice pass breakup, too. So take quarterback for you can play safety. Can you play that star spot? So that was a big contribution from Bryce Hampton. We talked about Corey uh, Reese Taylor coming back, too. That was big to you know, the cornerback on the field for the Boilermakers to give a Christ and Jamari Brown some relief. You'll talk to Jeff Brown here in about an hour after recording this podcast. Purdue did get a couple of uh, couple of guys back in Aiden O'Connell and, and, and uh, Reese Taylor. They've got four other, basically, starters out. We've mentioned a lot uh, of Jalen Graham, you know, King Doru, Brock Thompson, Cam Craig, who I know you're not optimistic about being able to come back uh, anytime soon or maybe at all, but um, who's Who's next up on the return list here? Uh, could Purdue get Graham back this week? Could Doru come back and add uh, to what seems like a, a much deeper and more versatile uh, running back room than than when he got injured? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, Drew, it's been three games for Daru now and four for Graham. I was surprised we didn't see Daru Saturday. You know, it's been a calf issue. I thought maybe it was going to be two games. Uh, you know what, Kyle? I mean, if he needs another week, take another week off. I think we all we all can see that Purdue's getting by very well with Mockaby and Dylan Downing back there. So, uh, but still, I gotta think he's close to being back, and uh, maybe this will be his week to get Purdue. I guess the third, or actually, actually a fourth option with Kobe Lewis as well. And I, I like Drew's chances better than Jalen Graham's to come back. Sound? I think I think Graham may be out another week. Could be, it's supposed to be, I think, like a four to a five week you know, fractured tibia uh, as far as the recovery goes for Graham when that first was that news first broke um, for the Indiana State game. And uh, so, again, uh, we may, I, I, my, my money is not on seeing Graham, but maybe Daru. You talked about Cam Craig, the bad back. I mean, he may be done for good. And Brock Thompson, I hear he had surgery on his knee. Could be a two- to a four-week deal for Brock. We may not see Brock until – would that be early early November or so, which is too bad because I think he could be your number two wide receiver. 
Yeah, it could be. It could be a really good number two. It seems like Purdue still needs somebody probably to emerge at that position. All right, let's talk a little bit of uh, wide open West and what in the world happened at Wisconsin on on Sunday night? Uh, that coming up here in just a moment on Gold and Black Radio. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. Acre Pro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist with decades of experience in Indiana agriculture. No one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local Acre Pro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit acrepro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765 765- Five eight seven three one eight five. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals, that incorporate fresh local and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or special events in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. The NFL action is at full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with bigger payouts than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code Gold and Black to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code Gold and Black only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility as restrictions apply. See show notes at goldandblack.com for more details. Welcome to Golden Black Radio as we take a look at this week in Purdue Athletics. 
Oh, both in Purdue Athletics and in the Big Ten West, which feels more wide open than it than it could possibly be this weekend, I think. Uh, added to that a little bit, Tom, uh, both in the results on the field and then what happened on Sunday night. I don't know about you, but when Adam Rittenhouse reported that Paul Christ had been fired as the Wisconsin head coach, the first thing I did was check to make sure that was actually Adam's uh, verified Twitter account <laughs> that was that was reporting such a thing and, and that I wasn't being duped by, um, by a fake account. But it, it was Rittenberg. It was real. And Wisconsin has decided to go to, to Jim Leonard as the interim head coach. And you would have to imagine uh, with the plan of, of making Leonard uh, the Badgers head coach, if you look at Wisconsin's schedule, um, I think there are a couple reasons Wisconsin did this right now, probably because they just felt it was like, you know, that the program had sort of reached a plateau with Paul Christ. Um, it wasn't really going anywhere. Wisconsin hadn't looked very good the last couple of weeks. Uh, Wisconsin probably wants to make sure Leonard doesn't go somewhere else. And when you look at the schedule, I think there's a chance here for uh, what appears to be a fairly mediocre Wisconsin team to win some football games um, and maybe, you know, secure Leonard as that guy. If the Badgers somehow went 0-7 with him as the interim head coach, I think it makes it a little more difficult to convince everyone he should be the guy. But it doesn't seem like that will happen with, uh, with the schedule that the Badgers have. The point being, um, the West is wide open, man. It's pretty crazy. Wide open. Yeah, you know, that was, that was Jim Leonard's defense that gave up 34 points to Illinois and Chase Brown ran all the way through, and that was Jim Leonard's defense that Ohio State thrashed the week before. So, you know, I, I understand he's a hot commodity. They probably do want to give him an audition, but it's not like he was bringing a lot of solutions to the table on that side of the ball either. So it was a shock, Kyle. It was a flat-out shock that Paul Chris got fired, all the success he's had there. Yeah, I know they were going through some tough times, but my guys should talk about throwing them overboard as soon as you can. Um, they have the new AD, Chris McIntosh, and he wants to write a big check to get rid of Paul Chris. He thinks, I guess, the offense is antiquated. So, we shall see. Be careful what you wish for. You may get it. Uh, but back to the West, yeah, my gosh, who's going to win it? <laughs> Is Illinois going to win it? Purdue? I'm not counting Iowa out yet either. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun, crazy, wacky race uh, uh, to the to the finish here to see who wins that division. But, again, you know, if you're Purdue, again, you know, you still like your chances, especially if you can find a way to win Saturday to get some more mojo. So, yeah, that's going to be a very fascinating division race. Yeah, the four teams that I just have quickly written down here, not necessarily in this order, are Illinois, Iowa, Purdue, and I still put Minnesota in there because I think the Gophers, yeah, yeah. despite what we saw, yeah. yeah, despite what we saw on Saturday, I think Purdue did a lot of good things to take uh, take away what the Gophers wanted to do, not trying to lessen the credit to Purdue by any means, but I think Minnesota can play better also. Um so I think you put the Gophers in there. But those four teams, man, Illinois Illinois is a bad call, in my opinion, um, in that Indiana game, uh, yeah. away from being undefeated, uh, you know, overall. And, that, you know, Illinois can um, – you know, we dismiss teams, I think, when they've been bad, and Illinois has been bad forever. Uh, but being bad forever doesn't necessarily mean you have to be bad right now. Uh, it has a good defense and a good, a really good running back and a quarterback who is, is efficient enough, it seems like, to, to move the offense. I think Illinois is actually pretty good. Um, and it's amazing how, how also 
how, how much things change from your perception in the preseason, right, Tom? I mean, we you sort of mm-hmm. looked at that Illinois game, even a trip to Illinois as an, as an automatic Purdue win. Like, yeah, Purdue will go over there and win. Um, you know, Purdue will go to Maryland and win, right? Um, those are all the things that you sort of just chalk up as, as automatics. Uh, it's, it's crazy how different, you know, those things feel once you get into the season and see teams actually play. Suddenly that Illinois game, I know that's a ways away still, but becomes a, a, a big one. Yeah, it's fun to watch life play out, isn't it? I mean, in August, everybody thought, well, college game day is going to go to Tuscaloosa for that Texas and m Alabama game for sure that week. No, they're going to Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> Who would have thought that? Not to get way off the path, but, yeah, Illinois, Ryan Walter is their defensive coordinator. He's getting a lot of accolades as a real coach on the rise. Done a terrific job there with that D. There's new offensive coordinator and Barry Looney. We work with Bielema in Arkansas. Tommy DeVito, that Syracuse transfer quarterback. So, yeah, Chase Brown's the running back. So, yeah, they're, they're coming on, and uh, they certainly look like they could be a factor. I think they had a TD pass called off at Indiana, if I remember right. Should have been a TD yeah. catch that wasn't allowed. So, yeah, uh, they, they've got plenty of uh, fight in them, and, and they have to be taken seriously, obviously. So, yeah, Minnesota, when they and if they get their back, oh, Ibrahim back, I'm sure at some point he'll, he will return from an ankle injury, and yeah, like I said, it's going to be fun. There's always Iowa, too, like we talked about. And, uh, and it's, it's going to be a crazy uh, last couple months here. Yeah, no doubt about it. It will be interesting to watch Purdue right in there after its victory against Minnesota, but we'll have a big one coming up again against Maryland this weekend. Should be a big week. We'll look for the news out of the presser today on goldandblack.com. Of course, our pregame uh, as we set up against the Terps. Uh, we'll do that. Drop it on uh, mid-morning Friday. Hey, thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. All right, that'll do it for our podcast uh, for this week. If you like the podcast, of course, subscribe via your favorite podcast app. Search Gold and Black Radio. Leave us five stars as well and a comment if you like the show. Thanks to our sponsors, as always. For Tom Dean Hart, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.